that was uh, another lesson of mine is just listen to the universe. It'll, it'll tell you the answer. You're not really tied to what you call it, what the label is. Be more tied to who you are and what kind of problems do you want to work on and solve. Welcome to this week's episode number four of the micro podcast we like to call Be Boulder. I'm Lindsay Karras Stencil, and last week we talked about boldly asking for what you want, stepping into the fear in the fire, and embracing what comes on the other side of that fear when you're making big, serious life decisions. This week, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Calvin Cooper, a dear friend, colleague, and CEO and co-founder of Rove, a Columbus-based startup that seeks to make every single renter an owner. One of the most profound takeaways from my chat with Calvin is how he always puts his asks out to the universe in writing and takes micro steps each day and with each new endeavor to bring him one step closer to his ultimate goal. His story is one we all need to hear, so let's all stop half-stepping and get after it. So, Calvin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm super pumped. I'm so excited. Thank you. It's truly a pleasure to be here with you, friend. Uh, I'm excited to dive in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm so honored and humbled that you're joining me. So, uh, you know, I know your your wonderful, beautiful story and tale. But for the people who may not know you, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Oh, yeah. So I'm the co-founder and CEO of Rove. And we're here to turn every renter to an owner. I'm super excited. There's nothing that I'd rather be working on at this time, given that um, my own journey as a renter led me to a place where I asked myself a question, why can't I just own a piece of where I live? Um, and when doing the math, understanding that we're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in lifetime rent, that millennials have zero dollars in net real estate wealth, I just got really pissed off, to be honest, and said, well, I guess I'll take the leap. And if it doesn't exist, uh, we'll, we'll just build it ourselves. I'm super fortunate to have an awesome team that joined me on that journey. And, and here we are. Amazing. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about your background. Are you from Columbus? Tell us, you know, where, don't tell us where you were born and the day and time or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. How did you oh, yeah. grow into you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was born in Dayton, Ohio. But I grew up here in Columbus, uh, went to school at Capital University, started a company in college, dropped out, moved to Atlanta, failed miserably, got back into school a year mm -hmm. later and finished, finished uh, my, my time there at Capital studying financial economics and had a minor in philosophy. I ended up working uh, at the Supplier Development Council here, helping connect minority-owned companies to our corporate members. Our job was to certify, develop, and connect entrepreneurs to, to opportunities. And then I made my way to NCT Ventures to work with you, Lindsay. Um, and <laughs> so I spent uh, almost a decade working with entrepreneurs, helping them build their companies, 
most recently as a venture capitalist. And I'm so fortunate to have been on such a wonderful journey um, and, and probably a lot to unpack there. So I'll just pause there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, look, everybody gets really excited about the, the stories that are super successful. And we'll get into that as we start to talk about your journey that you're on right now. But I think one of the interesting things that sort of makes us and builds us is, you know, one of the things you referenced, which is, you know, you tried to start a company and it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. So I guess, tell us a little bit about that. And then what is, what are some of the most important things that you learned that you've been able to bring forward with you and then, you know, not maybe make those mistakes again? Absolutely. So um, I moved to Atlanta to start an entertainment company. I've always had some side hustle since I was <laughs> in middle school. That journey led me to start a marketing and entertainment business and moving in Atlanta. And within a few months, we failed. We, <laughs> nothing panned out. And yeah. uh, one of my greatest lessons in that moment was just to let go. Um, you just have to listen to the market and move on. I've got friends who, who kept going down different paths. Um, over the years, but but for me, when something's not working, when the market's saying, "I actually don't, we need, we don't need what you're selling," I'm pretty quick to just pivot. And so I dropped everything in that moment. One of the lessons I learned is it's really tough when you're on a journey to to start anything. It's often with other people, and the hardest part, and this is a recurring theme in my story, the hardest part is just appointment that your friends and colleagues are going to have when you let go of that vision, because that vision isn't just yours. It's a vision and a dream that other people share with you and when you decide that 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 isn't for you and you let that go uh, not everybody's happy about that decision but you just got to lean into your light and move forward um that's one one major lesson and the second is just to be open to what the universe has to op offer so I, I was basically homeless at the time and i was filling out applications and my old macbook died uh, in fact, it was just the charger that died. And so I needed a new charger and I go to the Apple store and uh, I'm checking out and the guy asked me why I need this charger. And, and uh, I found later that this is just part of the trade. They're trying to understand your story. They're just trying to help you succeed. And so I'm like, well, I, I need this charger because I need to fill out job applications. And the guy's like, I happen to be the hiring manager here. You should apply. So I did. I didn't realize how tough it is to get a job at an Apple store, but I was, uh, I was one of the few people who, who, um, got a job. There was tons of people interviewing, um, this is 2010 and, um, it was such an important point point in my life because, um, I had the great opportunity to write down who I am, what, what I like to do, what is the day in a life, uh, a successful day in a life for me. And I wrote down all my interests. And basically wanted to find out what career aligned with that, mm -hmm. that future vision for myself. And when I say future vision, I mean, what are the tasks I'm working on? What's my cadence? Like, do I work in an office or do I interface with other people? Do I, and for me, it was like, I love deep research and analysis and I love that. And I want to go deeper into that space, but I also like inter interacting with people and sales and the process of entrepreneurship, um, pulling together a team. Uh, I like fundraising. I didn't know what, what brought all those skills together, both the, the really deep dive analytic mind plus the sales and operations aspects of my background and my skill set i just wrote this all down 
And as I activated iPhones and iPads all day, I'd ask the customers what they did for a living. (laughs) And the goal there was just to be open to the universe to give me my answer for what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And so I'd activate iPhones and iPads all day. And uh, one of the folks who, who I spoke with told me about their day and he said he was a venture capitalist. I said, oh, what, what do venture capitalists do? And he told me about his journey and his life and what he does on a day-to-day basis. And I wrote down in my little pad that day that I would be a venture capitalist in five years. Oh, wow. And that was that was uh, another lesson of mine is just listen to the universe. It, it'll tell you the answer. You're not really tied to what you call it, what the label is. Be more tied to who you are and what kind of problems do you want to work on and solve. Oh, my gosh. So I love that because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people get away from. And the universe is always out here trying to help us and do us a favor. We just have to be open and willing to listen to it, right? And so Mm -hmm. I think it's so beautiful that you were willing to say, hey, like, these are the things that I want to do. Here's the time frame in which I want to do it. And now fast forward, because I do know your story. And (laughs) so how did you get into venture capital and uh, accomplish that goal within five years? Because I know that you did. So tell me about that. (laughs) Yeah. So really, I just, uh, I think it's, there's a book, Big and Grow Rich that talks about these strategies. But for for me, I just write it down and then get it out of my head. So I put it on a calendar and I say, okay, I'm going to be a VC in five years. And um, I'm more obsessed with the process. Like what, what do I need? What skills do I have that I need to sharpen? And so I, I got back into school and I changed my major from economics because I was studying classical economics, not in the business school. Uh, I added finance my last year to really sharpen those skills. And, and so I added that and then I, I, I thought maybe I would want to really hone my skills around deep research because you know, why would anybody want me to be a venture capitalist? What skills would I bring to the table? And so I felt like I had a competitive advantage in research and it was what I enjoyed. And so I I started to, I was lucky to find a professor to mentor me, Dr. Ali Uku. And so I submitted to a few conferences and ended ended up publishing academic research on a national level. It's great. I learned a lot. And then I worked at the Supply Development Council because one of my uh, mentors and fraternity brothers became the president of the council, offered me internship there. And so I'm always about putting your next, uh, taking your next best step. So uh, becoming a venture capitalist could sound overwhelming to somebody who's basically homeless in Atlanta and doesn't have a college degree. So uh, that's why I say write it down and put it out of your mind. I just thought, okay, I need to get back into school. And then when I got back into school, it's like, I need to change my major and I need to get straight A's and I need to publish research. And then you just do the next, everything that's right in front of you, crush it. And then when I got into the council, um, I published uh, economic impact report, started this study, access to capital issues. And then I met the managing partner of NCT. He introduced me to you, Lindsay. And so um, that, that was an exciting time. You guys were in between funds, uh, fund one and two. Yeah. So there wasn't really a role for a new associate. Um, and so uh, I offered to, if you remember, do <laughs> research for free. And I yeah. did that nights and weekends 
Um, and during the interview process, I remember one of the partners, Michael, asking me, oh, how do we know um, you can do analytics? And this job, given that your previous job was more marketing government relations. I'm like, yes, I'm prepared for this. <laughs> uh, um, I changed my major to finance. My capstone project was going to be right up the alley. And, and I sent that over along with my research. And so it, it all came together. And uh, fortunately, you all gave me the opportunity to come on board. Uh, even though the fund didn't have a role for me, and part of that was a bet with uh, Bill, and he's like, Calvin, I'm going to be honest with you, right? There isn't a role and you're leaving a more stable position. You seem like you're doing well. Why would you do that? And I said, Bill, if I don't raise money for fun too, you can just fire me. And he said, okay. <laughs> and that was a lot. <laughs> yes, I do recall this. I do recall this. <laughs> and then I had this, the awesome opportunity to work, work with you guys. And so that was, that's how I made my way into venture in, in a few years. I think that's so beautiful because one of the things that you really did there was that you put the faith and trust in the universe and you put your faith and trust in yourself. Right. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, they get really caught up in, they hear, you know, what if I can't, what if this doesn't work? What if, what if, what if, and you said, Hey, I'm taking these small steps every single day. And I've talked to the universe about it. And I've, you know, I've put it out there, put it out of my mind. And then you said, you know what? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to raise money and I'm going to accomplish this goal that I want to do. And that's incredible. <laughs> and so um, that's one of the things I've always appreciated about you is just your, you know, tenacity and just ability to get things done. Because fast forward, I do know that you raised money for NCT and you did work with us for a very, you know, long time. And you were always figuring out incredibly new and creative ways to get things done. So, you know, where do you think that stems from in your life, that ability to just always get it done and always figure it out? And, and it means a lot coming from you because I know you're the exact same way. We were in the trenches together. I'm lots of late nights. It's <laughs> 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 getting stuff done. And so I, I really, I really appreciate that. It, it really stems from Huh. I, I think it, a lot of it stems from my story. Some of the, the values that were instilled in me by my parents. I didn't grow up with a lot, mm -hmm. but I did grow up with a story of who I am from my parents. Mm -hmm. My mom's side of the family, um, the male family, they were entrepreneurs. They owned factories um, in Dayton and they owned skating rinks and they were, they were in politics and they, and, and I had this story to aspire to. And on my dad's side of the family, they they were in real estate. And my great-grandmother was a Black woman in the 60s who had a portfolio of real estate. And even though I didn't have a lot in that moment, I felt like who we were was more than our circumstance and that it was my job to get back to where we were supposed to be. And so my identity was disconnected from my circumstance and, I, and a lot of my life was trying to reconcile that huh well that's incredible i love it so well you've done a you've done a hell of a job and so you know then i i got the opportunity to work with you watch you develop and grow you know and i know that you were on the precipice of saying hey i'm gonna be a partner now in a venture fund and so for anyone here listening today becoming a partner in a venture capital fund when you're in venture capital that's 
that's the thing, right? Like that's what you strive for. <laughs> you know, you want to have a seat at the table and not just at the table, but to be making decisions every single day at the table. And that's, you know, you spend a lot of, like you said, sleepless nights, a lot of hustle, a lot of effort. And I know that you were right there on the precipice. And then you had this, you know, idea come to you, Rove. And so tell us a little bit about that, you know, as that sort of started to develop in your mind and the struggles that you're kind of balancing in your head, you know, be a partner in a venture firm versus run with this big, amazing dream of yours. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Being a partner in a venture fund and not just any fund, that firm was a dream come true for me, literally. And as you know, when you become a partner and you raise a fund, you lock in your management fees for a decade, (laughs) basically, right? (laughs) And so it's from a financial perspective, an amazing opportunity, but from an emotional perspective, this is something that you, me, many other people at the firm had worked on for so long Mm -hmm. uh, to get to that point. And so when, when the idea for a rove came to me, I just knew that this was a problem that needed to be solved. And, and initially, I wanted to find a company to invest in or to form a company to invest in and be on the board. That's not what the universe had in mind for me. And I was really resistant to starting a company because I was so wrapped up in the dream of being a partner at NCT. And it was heartbreaking to have to let that vision for myself and our team go because it was the biggest thing on my mind that really was hard was that I, I didn't want to let you down and the team down. When you're becoming a partner, there's a lot of responsibilities that I had taken on over the years. There was a lot that I wanted to contribute to raising the next fund. And I, I had to reconcile this calling, this pull into this new vision with my own resistance. I, I just really didn't want to start a company. Mm. Uh, so that was hard for me. Yeah. And then, uh, so what was the kind of moment that changed and it was there, well, let me ask it said differently. Was there a moment <laughs> that you said, Hey, this is what I need to do. This is my next step in my life. This is the next time where I take a step, but I don't see the whole staircase, but I'm going to build it as I go. What was that like? Yeah. yeah it's a weird journey. Like I, I'll tell you how the inception of the idea was super weird. Like I'm in the <laughs> kitchen. And Ian's just in there and my dad's on speakerphone and I'm just complaining about real estate. I'm like, we're going to spend $200,000 in lifetime rent. Man, I did the math. It doesn't make sense to buy a home. I'm not going to stay for more than five years. Why, who would build this system this way? You know, it's so dumb. We need to change it. Why can't I just own a piece of the building that I live in? I just want to own a stake in this building. And that's got to exist. And my dad's like, you're a VC. Why don't you make it happen? There's got to be a company doing it. I'm like, there's not. I look, this is stupid. He's like, well, if you started it, what would you call it? Synonyms. And he goes through synonyms for home and he says, Bruce. And that's our corporate name. Yeah. And so he says, Bruce. And I was like, that's it. I jumped, hugged Ian. We jumped up and down. And I looked at him. I was like, why the, why the hell are we jumping up and down? <laughs> I did. I was like, what the fuck are we jumping up and down for? Like, what is this universal feeling that just wrapped us up? It was like, oh my God, we put a name to it. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. 
we're going to make this happen. I'm going to invest in a company. I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I'm going to tell the partners about this market landscape. I'm going to build an investment thesis. And if not, then we're going to form a company. And I wrote down and, and I wrote down like I do, I wrote down roost, see it through. And the reason I wrote, see it through was because I felt like I had made a few mistakes recently. Um, as a VC, I kept having conviction around certain investments or markets mm -hmm. and I would half step on, on pushing forward on it. And so one example would be like blockchain and Bitcoin. And then I'd make thousands of dollars instead of millions of dollars. Oh. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so I was getting tired of half stepping and, um, and plus this was just a problem that was unique to me. So I wrote down, see it through, okay. which. I just now have to see it. You know, when I write things down like that, then I have to You do have it. to see it through. And so <laughs> I have to see it through. I wrote it down. If I write it down, I have to do it. It's a recurring thing. And so I just started to follow that path. And I was so fortunate to meet great co-founders, Scott Sumi, he's our chief technology officer, Jonathan Nutt, who was working with Scott at IBM, we're mutual friends. He, he's our head of product and co-founder. Um, and then there's Jonathan Snip, who was consulting a portfolio company that I was on the board of, and uh, he's our head of biz dev and marketing. We just started channeling this nights and weekends, and I was under, I was still resistant to being the CEO. I'm like, we're gonna find a CEO for you guys. And when I met Brett Kaufman, and uh, we were introduced by a friend Mike Shot. Brett owns a real estate development company here in town, Kaufman Development. He's one of the best in the business. Um, and within 10 minutes, he hears me ranting about this investment thesis and how this team is going to do it. We're going to find a CEO. And he stops me and he says, Calvin, if you quit your job and do this, I'll give you, uh, I'll invest in the company and you can work with my team. And I was like, oh, Brett, no, <laughs> I'm about to make partner in a firm. Did you not hear me? Like, we're going to find a CEO. He's like, nope, this is. I've just met you, but I can feel your energy. He's speaking my language. Talk about the universe. Oh, yeah. Like, and energy. Oh. All of that. Yeah. And you're like, I'm oh, like, shoot. What is, <laughs> why are you messing up my plans for myself? I just made it. And, he's like, and so I left his office all messed up. And I'm like, oh, man, he's right. <laughs> so I had to call him and take the leap. Oh, my goodness. So like, the team was pumped. They were like, finally, you see it. They were like, <laughs> yes. like duh, you're the CEO. When are you going to admit it? Aw, see? And sometimes you just need to surround yourself with the people who believe in you and then and what you, you know, they see in you uh, before sometimes you see it in you. So that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it. So I guess one of my questions would be because, as you know, I'm very big on overall wellness, right? And mm -hmm. When you're making a big decision like that, it can be really taxing on you emotionally and physically and mentally and all of those things. So, you know, when you were walking through to make that decision, because that's a hard one, you're making literally a life changing decision. What mm -hmm. did you experience there and what would you recommend for entrepreneurs to keep in the back of their mind when they're having to make really significant choices like that? Yeah, the first thing I would say is just be true to your core and know who you are. Um, and the reason that is so important is because when you make decisions like that, the hardest part, at least for me, is how that impacts other people around you. Mm -hmm. And there are consequences for those decisions. And other people are not going to, not everybody's going to be excited for you. You're going to lose friends. 
you're going to lose mentors. They're going to be people who question your motives. They're going to badmouth you sometimes. There's going to be resistance when you, you start following your light. And you've got to know and love yourself more. And you've got to love yourself enough to lean into your light because that's so much more important than the validation that you're going to lose from people who don't want to see you walk in your light. And so the, the biggest thing for me and the, my biggest piece of advice is just to know who you are and follow love, follow mm -hmm. what you love. And that is always going to be the right answer. I love it. <laughs> so, um, you know, what are some of the things then that you think about when now that you've taken the leap and you've, you're building this company and, and things are just, you know, taking off like a rocket for you with this business, you know, when you're, when you're doing, when you're thinking about that, you know, what do you think about in terms of, uh, you know, rules or, or themes that you instill within your team? What's really important for you and working with those folks each and every day? Yeah. Um, one thing that, that I think is really important is to build into people. And, and if you do that, then a lot of things take care of themselves. And a lot of people miss out on that. I've had the great fortune to see so many entrepreneurs execute over the years. And the, the, the thing that uh, I've noticed is that a lot of people let the pressures of, of uh, maintaining high performance over years destroy them and their family and their lives. And that, that ripples out to the team. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to invest in yourself, meditate, work out, um, do whatever it takes to, to have a healthy mind, take a vacation and a break sometime, but then help your team do the same. Um, you've got to build into them, help them grow as people and humans, and that will serve the business. But if you don't, everything's going to fall apart if you fall apart and your team falls apart. Yeah, because at the end of the day, as you and I both know, this game is really largely about the people and the teams that are working on these amazing and beautiful ideas, right? And if the people can't take care of themselves and they've, you know, worked 22 hours a day and they haven't slept and they haven't seen their families and, you know, are they really making, you know, the best decisions for the business? Are they really taking care of themselves? And I think we can both know what the answer to that is. So, um, oh yeah, yeah, it's so important, and so I'm I'm glad that you I'm glad that you said that. So, you know, now looking forward, you know, what's the what are the things that you're most excited about for your business and your team? Not just in the next twelve months, but let's talk about the next say five to seven years. What's your vision there? What's your goal? What are you going to write down? Every renter will be an owner. Okay. I'm so excited to turn renters into stakeholders. It is truly it is one of the most important things for our country right now. I mean, there, it is it is critical for democracy that we have broad participation in property ownership. It's something that John Adams wrote about, our second president, founding father. It's something that James Harrington wrote about. about. He wrote about life, liberty, and estate. In fact, Thomas Jefferson expanded on that concept when he wrote that we have the unalienable rights to the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. Mm -hmm. And and uh, Aristotle talked about the, the balance of a, a republic and ownership in it. And so when you see society uh, have growing income inequality and a wealth gap, and so much of that is tied up in real estate, 
you, you see that we have to solve this problem. And so our vision is that renters that are stakeholders in their apartment is no longer a new or novel concept. It will be commonplace. It will be so common that it will be odd that you would pay a third of your rent or a third of your income in rent and not get value out of that. That will be, people will think that is odd. Wow. Well, I love it. And I hope you keep these notes of yours framed. Wouldn't that be like the most beautiful thing to look back on at some point in time and look at all of the amazing things that you've accomplished and, you know, are soon to accomplish. So, you know, I think that that's a beautiful way to wrap this up here today, because I think your vision and your passion, and if there's anyone who can get this done and build the team to do it, I think that that's you. And so I'm incredibly excited to see that happen and unfold right here in Columbus, Ohio, but, you know, all across the country too. So glad to allow us to be on your journey. (laughs) I really appreciate it. It means a lot coming from you who was such a great mentor when I first started at NCT, then became such a great colleague and and now friend. And so it means a lot to be here with you today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And uh, I really appreciate uh, your time and your willingness to do this. So can't wait to see what unfolds here, not just with you, but with Rope. Calvin's interview is a great reminder that we should all dream big in whatever that dream is, be it a new job, a new house, a new significant other who treats you like the king or queen that you are, starting a new business, revolutionizing an industry, and how taking small steps every single day to improve you and letting the universe work through you can lead to some pretty epic things. Dream big. Write it down let the universe do her thing. Thanks for joining this week and every week. And remember, don't just be bold, be bolder.